Hey, what's up everybody? And welcome to another fantastic episode of Craft Theology. We are so excited that you are here and that you're taking this time out of your day uh, to, to be with us and hang out with us and enjoy some craft beverage. So, we're back. Uh, me, Xander, and Lucy, we're sitting here chilling. Uh, we have no idea what our beverages are yet. Uh, Lucy picked these up for us. So, I'm going to kick it over to her for the big reveal. All right. Uh, yeah. So, I know, I'm not sure if y'all will like these, actually. I um, want it. I already know, I think, what it is, and I want it. But uh, I know Xander loves cream soda, and I love fruit. So, it's a blackberry cream. Oh, yeah. So oh, so are they all, are they all this? Yes. Sweet. Hmm, that's interesting. That way, we all are experiencing the same drink so i think it was this same we went the other day and kind of looked through the store that has all of these mm-hmm. and i think they also have like an orange cream oh, okay. so which i was very tempted by so it's by i'm gonna call it reading reading draft it's definitely a reading draft well yeah, it's a reading here's why i say that because there is an um english soccer club that you would call Reading FC, but it's actually pronounced Reading. Okay. We're not in England. Well, I know, but Reading Draft versus Reading Draft, I'm pretty sure it makes This is... No, it's... Sense. it's. Have you never heard the term Reading Draft? Nope. N- no. It's like when producers or comics or anyone is writing something, the very first draft is the Reading Draft. So you're telling me this is going to be a really crappy soda? Because no. it's just the draft. Yeah. Whatever. It's a <laughs> terrible name. Hey, this was bottled in uh, 1921. Reading no. PA. <laughs> PA is Pennsylvania, right? Correct. Okay. <laughs> or I wasn't sure. If it was Pennsylvania or Philadelphia. Why would it be the city of the state? Oh, yeah, I guess Philadelphia is in Pennsylvania. Correct. Ah, uh, we're not geography majors. Oh, we're yeah. theology majors. So, hey, let's crack this open. Let's give it a good taste. Guess I'll go and try it first. I Are these twist offs? I think so. It doesn't say. Yes, so they are. Yeah, that was satisfying. All right. Oh. All right, here we go. Ooh. That was nice. Yeah, it was. I like how they smell. Well, I don't think I'd want a candle at this. So I don't know if I'd classify saying... You don't think so? No. Why would I want a candle? I would, a I would burn that in my house. I would burn... You burn weird things uh, like marshmallows. If you're curious what we're drinking... Marshmallows are not a weird thing. It is As for always, the pictures will be up on no, Instagram. Marshmallow Fireside to all my Bath and Body Works people. So that you can... If you know, you know. Look at it. Trying to talk over these lunatics. Are we drinking yet? Yeah, let's go for it. Are we all doing the same sip? Uh, are we gonna no, we'll go... We can kind of go in circles that way... There's no dead space Maybe on the air. Maybe more of a triangle. Mm. I'm a fan. I like that. Because it really is the mix of fruit and cream. I love it. I think it's good. You don't like it. See, so now, because two people no, are No, he really does like it. He just wants to be that he guy. He just wants to be the Simon It's Cal. appalling. Yeah, whatever. That's You're such you a like liar. It. I'm gonna, I think we're going to have to pause this episode so I can go actually get a real soda. Oh, whatever. As you take another drink. <laughs> yeah, you like it. <laughs> it is really good. Uh, it's a little, I'm not going to lie, it's a little sweet for me. Yeah. I think the cream is a little much. 
Mm-hmm. I'd like more blackberry. Oh, it's definitely That's more cream than blackberry. Than cream. Hmm. Um, but the blackberry's definitely there. Mm-hmm. It, I it's can like, understand that. It's almost like if you had like a plain, and this may be a horrible analogy, but it's like if you had a plain vanilla yogurt and you put a couple blackberries in it. Like that's that's kind of the 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 ratio of cream to blackberry I'm getting. What a stupid. Whereas if you took where <laughs> if you had like you a plain used. vanilla yogurt and you ate about half Why of it. Why are you still trying to explain this? And then you crammed the rest of that container with blackberries? That would be the ratio I'm looking for. <laughs> if you've ever had a plain <laughs> vanilla yogurt and you put fruit in it, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Because it actually makes a lot of sense. The more I say it, the more I'm like, this is a spot-on analogy. You stop selling this point. No. <laughs> it does not I'm, make sense. I never quit. Quitters never win. Mm. Nobody likes a quitter. That's what they say in AA meetings. I like a good quitter. Because at least they know what they want. And they understand reality. Wow. That's fair. Um... See? Hey, if you're not following us on Instagram, go ahead and do so. It's uh, craft, uh, craft Theology. It's Craft Period Theology. Um, so go ahead and look us up. Give us a good follow. Uh, we post stuff just about every day, every other day, of all things craft. Um, that's craft kombucha, craft sodas, craft beers, craft water, craft anything. So... Uh, and sometimes they're not craft, but they're just really delicious beverages. Um, like I posted a picture of a LaCroix the other day, and I said, put some sparkle in your life, because it's a sparkling water. I will say, sparkling waters have been growing on me a lot recently. Yeah, they're really good. I almost... I'm a big fan of them. You guys that. used to make fun of me for ordering sparkling I know, waters. and I, I yeah, apologize. But you just get them plain. Like you, you just lemon get, in it. You just get plain. Yeah, that's yeah, gross. Yeah, sparkling water with lemon or lime. I, I, I I'm not going to lie. That is growing it's on me. It's so good. But I have to have, so I actually tried a soda stream for the first time last oh, night. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. How was that? Okay, so it, I got a soda stream. It was really cool how it was made, mm-hmm. and it was really easy, like way too easy. But it was it was good, and I got a grapefruit mix with it. Mm-hmm. I did need more grape, like a good amount of grapefruit to taste it. I had to put some artificial sweetener in it. Just a little bit of the, I don't even know the ones that's like the fake sweetener where it's still like healthy. Splendas or it's like <coughs> stevia. stevia. Yes. I did put just a little it's bit like of that. It's like agave sugar or something mm-hmm. in it. I put a little bit of that in it. And good. my goodness, that was a fantastic grapefruit soda drink. I saw it a was craft really drink good. that I want to try. So I am. have to make it for you. Do I, would I buy a soda stream? Probably not. But was it a good, a fun experience? Yeah. It, They're it pricey. Good. Yeah, that's what I thought. And then you got to get all the flavors saw, and yeah, everything to I make saw it one work. At, I saw one at Target. My wife was looking at it. She was very interested in it, but I did, nothing about that appeals to me. I just feel like you... The be, novelty of it's cool. That's what I was going to say. I guess. It'd be like one of those things where you would, you'd buy it, you would use it for like a week and be like, this is the best thing ever. And then three months from now, it's just going to be sitting there... And you would never use it again. Yeah, but like when nobody people come over, uh, impress them. Nobody busts that out at a party. Yeah, let me show you. Let me show like, you what I got. I let got me, this let soda me sh- stream. Let me over show here. you my soda maker. If you're one of those people that are super into all gadgets, you're definitely gonna bust that out and be like, "Look at this." I and guess make it. maybe, but I'd be more impressed. I if do you had bust a tag. out my like kombucha that I'm making, like. Hey, look at my kombucha. My brother busts out his keg all the time. I, so I got him a cool. countertop. Mine just sits on the counter, so it's oh. always out. He <laughs> uses it all the time. I got a shipment of little it's mini, mini kegs was, in today. It was good. Nice. So They use it all the time. 
yeah. things always. And the plus side is because it's colder where they live, he doesn't have to chill the keg for too long. Oh, that's nice. They just leave them on the porch and they're cold. Yeah. One of the one of the ones I got today, because it's like a six-pack variety thing, I should bring that in one week and we just have one of those for... I mean, between the three of us, it's only like a, a glass and a half a piece. Um, but uh, it's a coffee like stout. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which I'm all about. I don't know. Xander does not like the so idea. You don't but like coffee. I'm all I'm not about. Not a big it. fan of coffee, and I'm. I don't know. So they do have darker beverages. They do have normal like pale ales, um, and then they have like an American amber. Lager, I'd be down. Which, I bet that's good. Yeah, I'm really. I really want to try that. That sounds. It's really called like good. Midnight Ride or something like that. That sounds really uh, good. It's got some fancy name. This um, is the one. I like me some amber. Uh, Delirium. This oh is yeah, my favorite one that he has. Okay, I've seen those. Obviously, haven't tried any, but mm. I've seen them. Yeah, they're the just like a strong ale from Belgium. Oh, nice. Yeah, they're super good. Belgium, then Belgians. That's Germany, right? No, that's no, Belgium. That's a country. Oh, it's its own country. Yep. See, I'm telling you, I'm so bad with geography. And Philadelphia is a state. Um, uh, Belgium <laughs> is next to Germany. Has to be. It's like everything is next to everything. I was over gonna there. say in Europe. I mean, that's okay. you drive an hour, you're going through four countries. It's funny because I had fair. I had some people from Denmark stay with me for a couple of weeks, and um, they talked about how they would they'd never go see their family, and I was like, oh, how, how far away are they? And they're like, well, it's about forty five minutes, and I was like, dude, my family would drive like an hour just to go eat dinner. I was going to say, we drive 45 minutes just for lunch. And Amen. they're like, and they're like, yeah, that's ridiculous. Like, they won't even see their family. And it's not that they don't like them like an excuse. Like, they love hanging out with their family. They're just like, the drive is too much for us. And I'm like, yeah. that's ridiculous. It is right next to Germany, by the way. Oh, okay. And the Netherlands and France. Yeah, everything's okay. like right grouped. in the middle of those three. Gotcha. Yeah, some good Europe right there. Um. So... Yeah, follow us on Instagram. If you have any questions uh, or anything, I don't know, you just want to say hi, go ahead and email us um, at crafttheologypodcast. If you email us just with hi. Oh, if you email us with just hi, you will definitely get a shout out on the next podcast. That's not a joke. We'd wow. respond. I will definitely shout some people out on podcasts if, if we get emails. Bring back AIM. Um, AOL Instant Messenger? Mm-hmm. <laughs> AOL died six years ago. Yeah. Maybe. We can bring back the Nintendo DS chat rooms. Nice. That was the game changer in middle school. Yeah, riding the bus on a field trip. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember those. That was pre-cell phones. Now middle schoolers just have cell phones. Yeah, group text. That okay, was boomer. Destroyed the <laughs> that country. Was, <laughs> that was back before middle schoolers had cell phones. Or they did, or like, I don't know, I had a cell phone in middle school, but Group chat was not a thing. Yeah, I mean, I had a cell phone. Well, my cell phone I couldn't even text on when I first got it. And it was, uh, what was that? old flip phone. What's that? T T texting? T9. What's it called? T9. Mm-hmm. That's what it's called. That's what I Where had. you got to click the button like yeah, four yeah, times yeah, yeah, to yeah. get to the letter you I'm want. I'm not going to lie. I had, because that was my first phone. I had a good old Samsung flip phone. Mm-hmm. And it was one of the like cheap, like the ones that you could, uh, I don't even know what they call them, but they would come in the box that you could buy just at any store. Yeah. Like, I don't even know what they're called It's now. like that when you can upgrade, it's just the free phone. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. So I had that, and I remember trying to text, and it was so difficult. But by the time I got used to it, oh. I was. Mm-hmm. it was so You're much fun. You're fast. There's actually one time I took my 
SIM card out of my iPhone and put it back in there and just did that for a week. And it was actually one of the coolest experiences. I'm not going to lie. Pulling out that, I felt like such a power move Yeah, compared to everyone else. I really mm-hmm. want to do that for like a month. Just have a flip phone? Just have a flip phone. I, I looked through the old flip phones we have, um, and they're all like broke. All like the f- flip phones now are expensive. They are. They are. They're my so work expensive. phone's a flip phone, but it dies. Like every yeah eight hours, so it's so pointless. Well, th- they're so expensive now because you like you can't just get a flip phone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like it it's it has internet and it has all this stuff on it. Like Mm-mm. flip phones now, like have their own app stores. Yeah, yeah. like you can't just get a flip phone with you accidentally call hit the internet text. button and hit end. Oh yeah, you got to get that. Funny you got to get rid of that. Funny thing about a flip phone, you'll get charged. I remember one time my father made me angry. And I had a flip phone, and you like back then, if you were on the internet, it was like a dollar per minute or whatever. Yeah. So my dad made me really angry. I got on the internet, and I downloaded a wallpaper for my phone. And I spent five minutes on the internet. I was like, this will prove to him. And I was so happy. And I was like, hey, Dad, do you like my new wallpaper? He goes, where'd you get it? I said, I went on the internet and got it. And I was expecting you to get mad. And he was like, nice. And I was really disappointed because I really <laughs> thought I was going to get at him because I went on the internet with my flip phone and ended up doing nothing. You probably had like free internet and he just didn't tell you. He's probably, yeah, I don't know. It or was, you had like the limited, mm-hmm. you know, space and he I was so mad. It, so. I, I just remember I got so nervous though because I was on there for a while. That's like so well, I was funny. on there for like five minutes and I started freaking out. I was like, I got to get off of here. I'm going to be dead. That's hilarious. <laughs> uh, well, anyways, random sidebar about flip phones. Uh, today's episode I'm real excited about. Um, it's something a little different. We're not necessarily talking uh, theology like we have been, in a sense. Um, we're really just going to go through some scriptures in the Bible um, and kind of kind of give our take on them. Um, most of these are going to be passages that are commonly preached um, or you know taught on Sunday mornings. And definitely what we're doing here is not saying that your pastor or, or even, you know, you are wrong in how you're preaching it or talking about it. Um, but we're just trying to maybe give a different avenue, a different way to look at it, um, a different way to look at the text so that, you know, maybe you can get something else out of it um, and you can help, you know, your congregants get something else out of it. So this podcast is definitely designed to help you as much as possible. Um, but each of us are actually going to go through different uh, texts, and then we're going to talk about them. So, is there anybody that'd like to go first? Do we have any volunteers? I guess I will. Okay, cool. That was like one of those weird things. So, I was actually <laughs> tied between three passages that I was looking at. And um, I was tied between Ephesians, because I love the book of Ephesians. I was tied between Galatians. I, I did a lot of studying in my undergrad on Galatians, and Galatians 3 in particular is very interesting to me. The whole book of Galatians is extremely interesting because it's an awesome book. It, it, there's a lot that goes on with what Paul is trying to accomplish when he writes that letter. Paul is mad. He Yeah, he's fuming. It's he's amazing. got a lot on his plate. Paul's furious. I mean, one of my favorite verses when he calls him, oh, you foolish Galatians, he's just all up in their grill. But I decided I want to go with one... That I wasn't planning on doing, but it's one that I've always just had the, in the back of my mind. And it's, out of, it's Jeremiah 29, 11, 11 through 12, if we want to be exact. Because to me, this verse 
I'm not going to say it gets taken out of context because, well, it it does and it doesn't. You know, we have the classic, I feel like this is your classic Facebook um, post, um, which isn't bad because this verse is extremely comforting. But, you know, it's, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are they are plans for good and not for disaster to give you a future and a hope. Right? That's what we have out of um, Jeremiah 29.11. And it's a good verse that we can look at and take some comfort in. But I've noticed, especially I've seen a lot of people talking about it. I've seen a lot of pastors, even on stage, that have talked about how this verse gets taken out of context, right? Because they'll say, well, this verse isn't meant for us today. This isn't God directly talking to us, which is true. But then they also say this is God talking directly to Jeremiah, letting Jeremiah know that this is what God has for him. And... The problem with that, though, is that if you actually read the whole chapter in Jeremiah 29, 11, Jeremiah 29, God's not just directly talking to Jeremiah. He's actually talking to the whole people that are being exiled. And so I've actually seen where we say, okay, it's not us. It's not. Then they move it to Jeremiah, and then they go, oh, well, it's, um, it's actually the whole group being exiled, which is extremely interesting to me in a couple of ways because the whole group that's being exiled and what God is promising them. I mean, they're not seeing the fruition of this until a long, long time. Yeah. Right. I mean, this is still something they're waiting through. And it's very interesting that God mentions to them. Right. And Jeremiah is included in this. So we can't say it's to Jeremiah as well. But it's just interesting that the, he's talking about their plans for good and not disasters to give you a future and a hope. Because they've, the, the people that are being exiled right now, right, they're going to be exiled. And they're going to have to go through a very tough time, and they're going to feel like everything is lost. But God is reminding them that this is the plans he has. And they're going through such a difficult season and a difficult time that it seems like they are hopeless. And if we want to look at it from a Jeremiah perspective and just throw Jeremiah in this mix, because even though it's not directly to Jeremiah, it's to a whole group. And like I said, Jeremiah is still there. I want to just touch on what Jeremiah went through. Right, he he went through a lot, and it's very interesting when you look at this, because it's talk, you know, he, it's saying that I have plans for you to prosper and all this stuff. Well, just let me let's just look at Jeremiah fifteen, right? This is what the Lord says to Jeremiah. We can look at from the very start. Jeremiah is called at a very young age. Jeremiah goes through a lot of crap. Jeremiah has to go through a bunch of stuff just to continuously do what God is calling him to do, and this is in Jeremiah fifteen. This is what he tells Jeremiah. He says, I will take care of you, Jeremiah. Your enemies will ask you to plead on their behalf in times of trouble. Can a man break a bar of iron from the north or a bar of bronze at no cost to them? I will hand over your wealth and treasure as plunder to your enemies for sin runs rampant in your land. I will tell you your enemies to take you as captive to a foreign land for my anger blazes like a fire that will burn forever. And then Jeremiah responds, then you know what's happening to me. Please step in and help me punish my persecutors. Please give me time. Don't let me die young. And then this is what the Lord responds to him. I'm skipping a couple verses as well just to, for the sake of time. And then he says, if you return to me, I will restore you so you can continue to serve me. If you speak good words rather than worthless ones, you will be my spokesman. You must influence them. Don't let them influence you. They will fight against you like an attacking army, but I will make you as secure as a fortified wall of bronze. They will, and I want you to just listen to this. They will not conquer you, for I am with you to protect and rescue you. For I, the Lord, have spoken. 
Yes, I will certainly keep you safe from these wicked men. I will rescue you from their cruel hands. Now, this is where it gets interesting to me because we see Jeremiah say, or the Lord tell Jeremiah this in Jeremiah 15. Then, if we just skip ahead just a little bit into Jeremiah 20, Jeremiah gets arrested, and we're going to look in Jeremiah 20, verse 2. It says, so he arrested Jeremiah, the prophet, and he whipped he whipped him and put him in stocks in front of the Lord's temple. Now, this is something very interesting because the person that does this, we can, honestly, I forget exactly how you say it, Pasher, Pashor, however you want to say it. He is one of the head people of the prison system there. And when he arrests Jeremiah, not only is that a sign of being humiliated, he whips him in front of everyone in front of the temple, which is one of the worst ways, especially in that time and that culture, of humiliation. It's not necessarily, one, you're getting whipped, and that's going to hurt a lot, but there's much more to it, and that is the humiliation of being whipped in front of your people because you are prophesying and saying what the Lord is trying to get you to do. So Jeremiah is in it like crazy. Like yeah. it, it, He's being through a lot of pain, and he ends up, if you read Jeremiah 20 and continue, he even talks about how he literally says, why was I ever born? My entire life has been filled with trouble, sorrow, and shame. And he talks about how he wishes he could go and just his father would die because he would never be born, that the person that got him out of his mother's womb, that he wished they would die so that he could never be born. Like, it's very depressing and sad what Jeremiah is going through. And then you skip nine chapters in, and then you hear that's what God, he, he's talking about his plans. Yeah. And I think it's very important because whenever we read this verse, and if we do take it as, okay, does God have plans for us? Yes. Does God want us to prosper? Yes. Does God want us to be happy and he wants us to use us for good? Yes, of course he does. But it's also at the same time, um, what God is telling Jeremiah is that it's not just about these classic things that we perceive as us prospering. Right, Jeremiah went through the worst of the worst, and he continues to go through the worst of the worst. The people that are in exile, the Israelites, they continue to go through the worst of the worst. But that's not the point of their prospering. Their prospering is that they have God on their side. The prospering is that they have the Lord who is literally fighting their battles for them. The prospering is that they are able to go out and continuously share the name of the Lord and bring people in and they have this protection and comfort, even though they might not be prospering at our monetary value that we would like to think of, right? When we think of, and I think when I read this first, some of the first things that come to mind is, you know, you're going to be wealthy, you're going to have a nice house, you're going to be safe, you're not going to get sick, you're going to have all these things that are going to come to you because God's going to prosper you. But in reality, God can do that, and God might happen in your situation, but for the most part, are prospering as Christians. And what we can take out of this verse is just knowing that we have the ability to share the name of the Lord with people, and that in of itself is prospering, right? And I think that's what this whole verse is trying to get at. And I think that if we are going to look at it and try to apply it in ourselves today, we need to understand what that prospering actually means. Because I think that's where it gets taken out of context so fast. Because it's your easy verse to, you know, if you want people to give money to your church, just say, hey, I'm going to read Jeremiah 29, 11. But you're only going to get that whenever you you know, start acting correctly for the Lord to give an offering. And it's often something that we use to swindle and trick people into believing this Christianity that is literally tailored for you, this perfect life of Christianity, when in actuality, 
it's gonna it, it takes a lot, and you give up a lot. Yeah, and I think that's that's really relevant in verse ten of twenty nine. Mm-hmm. For thus says the Lord: Only when Babylon's seventy years are completed, will I visit you and will fulfill to you my promise to bring you back to the place. For surely I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Yeah. So, I mean, to just say, you know, to walk up to somebody and, you know, hey, the Lord knows your plans, Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. you know, for surely I know the plans for you, the plans to prosper you and all this stuff. Like, that's cool and that's a great, like, you know, pat on the back. You're going to make it. You're going to be fine. But what people just miss is, like, no, you're going to go through 70 years of exile. Yeah. And then... You're going to know the plans. Yeah. Because think about it. These people are getting exiled in 70 years. I mean, that's a whole generation mm-hmm. of people gone. Yeah, some people never know those plans. Exactly. That are never going to get to know the plan that, that God had for for the people. Um, and I don't want to discourage people because if this is a verse that you go to for comfort, continue to go through this verse for comfort. If you find comfort in it, fantastic. Yeah. But I don't want you to believe what, what fears me is just why I wanted to choose this is I feel like this verse gets used as like, well, there's not going to be anything bad that happens. Right. Or that you might be going through a situation and, you know, you're just going to automatically get taken out. I mean, who, I mean, that could, that could, you could get taken out of your bad situation in a day, but it could be the 70 years. It could be what Jeremiah went through and continuously went through, or he had to continuously do so much and, I mean, there's a lot that goes into it, but I think in the reality of it is, is that, you know, just, you just have to take that verse and just know that one, God's never going to abandon you. God's there for you. And we just have to be realistic and understand what prospering, what prospering is. Yeah. And what version are you reading? I'm reading out of the NLT. So I really like the way the NRS, NRSV says this. Okay. Because it doesn't say the word prosper. Mm-hmm. It says, uh... For surely I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans for your welfare and not for harm. Hmm. So when you're talking about, um, you know, because when people think of prosper, they think monetary. Yeah. And this is used a lot in that, you know, area of Christianity, prosperity, Mm -hmm. gospel, name it and claim it, whatever, you know. God knows the plans, the plans to prosper you. God wants you to be prosperous. God Mm -hmm. wants you to have a lot of money. Um but really, prosper, God's just talking about health. Yeah. Like, he's not talking about monetary value at yeah. all. And mm-hmm. I would even go into another thing of, you know, I think you do have your physical health and your mental health, but I, I'd almost argue that he's really talking about your spiritual health. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think I'd agree with I, that. I think that's where it's really at, because, you know, the prospering of you having a healthy spirituality and knowing that you have the Lord on your side and that you are continuously obeying the Lord, to me, that is the the real idea of you know having a good welfare having a good prosperity is you're prospering in the lord yeah i mean that's i mean that to me when i hear that that's i'd much rather have that than any other monetary value any other item but it's just the way the wording is in some translations and i think the way it's been preached for generations is you just you you miss it and just the way our society is today, you know, you automatically associate any type of prosperity, any type of wealth, any type of well-being with some form of doing well in life with um, different monetary items or different things that we idolize. Being successful. Yeah. 
Yeah. Because that's where I see that's where I see this verse misused a lot. Yeah. Is, you know, God wants you to be successful. Mm-hmm. He has plans to prosper you. He wants you to 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 be successful. But, you know, how how are you defining success? You know, and what's successful for me is different than what's successful for y'all. I'm sure. So, yeah. mm-hmm. Lucy, you got anything on that one? Uh, you look I mean, like you want to say something. No, like I agree. It's just the way mine is written is completely different from the way <laughs> yours is. Okay, different. what version do you have? I have the New King James. Oh, nice. And my <laughs> I love a New King James. My nice. It's my working Bible. I'm glad it's not a King James. It's trashed. King James is the only Bible. These thou's. No. Uh, but it says, I know the thoughts I think towards you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you future and a hope. So it's like plan isn't even in yeah mine mm. at all and i i like say that again uh for i know the thoughts i think towards you says the lord thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope i like that a lot i like it um because personally one of my biggest flaws is i worry about what other people think of me yeah it's like one of my biggest things so when i read that it's basically like it's just like i don't think anything ill of you right and it's just like one of those like i know the thoughts i think towards you and they're not evil they're all good they want to give you peace so it's reassuring in a completely different way it's not necessarily the plan and the goals for my life but it's more so the reassurance of his love for me yeah and i really think i like that maybe better than plans because if because it kind of um you know, opens up this this idea that no God, God kind of God does have this plan for you, right? He thinks these thoughts about you, mm-hmm. but you have free will, and if you don't want to go that route, right, mm-hmm. then you can lose those the the plans of prospering. Whereas when you when you say you know, for surely I have I know the plans for your life. It's like set in stone. So these so these Babylonians can go out and be hellacious people yeah. and still receive this great blessing of prosperity and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Whereas in that, like, hey, I know what I'm thinking about you, but mm-hmm. in order to actually see it come to fruition, like, you can't just go and be a hellacious human being. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like that a lot, I think. Old Jeremiah twenty nine. I'm gonna think about it more though. <laughs> Come but back I, tomorrow and be like, I don't like it. Yeah, probably. <laughs> probably walk into the office. Hey, that thing yesterday wasn't a fan. Cut it. But hey, that's the beauty of what we're doing, right? Some days I don't know. Some days I say something, and then the next day I'm like, No, I didn't like that. But as you grow in wisdom and knowledge and understanding, I don't know. There's a verse about that. As you grow closer to the Lord, you grow in knowledge yeah. and understanding i don't as long as you admit that you were once yeah. incorrect never yeah. wrong yeah that's the problem <laughs> i don't have a problem with admitting i'm wrong if i'm wrong if i'm not wrong then i'm not gonna placate people's need for me to be wrong so that they can be comforted yeah it's not happening um <laughs> lucy you want to go next uh sure i'll 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 end it okay um i 
am in Philippians. Nice. Mm. Bring in a New Testament. So, um, the whole book of Philippians is basically just a thank you note from Paul to the people of Philippi. Um, because when he was there, when he visited with them, they were very generous. They were uh, pretty good. And most of this short letter is him thanking them and telling him like what he liked about them and how through them doing what they are doing, like how they're going to succeed. And there's very few corrections in this. And we've had other books, like you just said when he was talking to the Galatians, how he's, um, you foolish people. So he's written letters where he is hardcore correcting their behavior. But in the uh, book of Philippians, there's very few corrections. The big correction is in Philippians 4. Um, And it is uh, starting in verse 2. And it says, I implore uh, Euodia and I implore Syntyche to be of the same mind of the Lord. And so this is really the first time where he's like, hey, this is a problem and I'm going to address it. And in verse three, he says, I urge you also, true companions, help these women who labored with me in the gospel, with Clement also, and with the rest of my fellow workers who named her in the book of life. So Paul is identifying the fact that there's a conflict between these two people, um, Euodia and Syntyche don't know what the problem is it could be that they don't agree on theology or it could be something as simple as they're just bickering about something so trivial but he's really trying to implore the fact that you need to be united and his overarching theme of the book of philippians is to be united and to be united in christ so when he says that he then tells them how to be united which is what everyone says all the time but i don't know if they ever like apply it to the fact that he's telling these two women how to get over their arguing and starting in verse four it says rejoice in the lord always and again i say rejoice um and that's very simple very straightforward to rejoice in the lord but actually he's saying to rejoice in the lord will be the cease of your arguing and if you just stop arguing and you start rejoicing in the lord you're going to see a shift in that in verse five is let your gentleness be known to all man for the Lord is at hand. And um, it goes into probably one of the more familiar verses of Philippians and it's uh, verse six and seven. It's be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ. And a lot of people take verses six and seven Mm. be anxious for nothing uh, present your request to God and the peace of God will guard your heart like they take that as a standalone message but Paul's writing this and he's telling you this is how you solve your unity like any discord you're having any problems you're having in the church with your brothers with your family anyone who's labored with us for the gospel like fellow Christians he's like this is how you stop bickering first rejoice in the Lord just Rejoice in the Lord and let your gentleness be known to all men. So if you're constantly rejoicing and you're being gentle and you're acknowledging the fact that the Lord is coming and you're just staying in that mindset, you're not really going to be arguing with anyone. But when you go into these times where you are arguing, it's like be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And prayer is just talking to God. Yeah. 
just a normal conversation with God. Um, supplication is more of a specific request, but I like that it's by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. So it's praying, talking to God, but supplicating, asking specific requests and specific things that are bothering you with thanksgiving. Right. So it's that dual sided of, I have something I really want to, bring to God I'm struggling with this but I'm in all things I'm thanking him because I know that he's going to take care of it and you're just talking to God through that and um, one of my favorite things about this is the word anxious can also be translated as distracted and so that really spoke out to me because if you're arguing with people and you're bickering all the time and you're trying to be doing the ministry and you're too busy and distracted arguing with other people in your church like you're not going to move forward you're not going to progress because Mm. you're too busy and you're too distracted um so i sometimes will switch out anxious for distracted and that like brings it into a whole other aspect for me but you're just praying you're talking to god you're asking him for specific things but in everything you're being thankful because you know god's gonna take care of it and uh the peace of god that surpasses all understanding will guard your heart and mind through Jesus Christ. And it's just after you're rejoiced in the Lord and you're trying to stay meek, humble, you're praying to God, he's going to give you peace about it. Yeah. If you're doing those three things, peace will be the end result. And it's interesting that that's how he's telling everyone to fix the discord of the church. He's not saying this as a standalone thing. It's, trying to help these people specifically the people of philippi but then all of us can apply that to our lives of if you're experiencing discord and if you have a problem with someone to these steps rejoice in the lord be gentle pray about it and i'll give you peace and i really like that yeah i think that i think that uh just that small little bit of text is so beautiful because the verse like verses six and seven, they can be preached as like standalone verses because mm-hmm. there's other places in scripture that support the idea of those verses by themselves, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Like, don't worry about anything. You have the, uh, you know, don't be anxious about your life, what you're going to eat or drink, like mm-hmm. the birds of the air, God still feeds them. So like you can kind of preach that on its own. The whole thing with, um, uh, you know, but, in everything, you know, by prayer and supplication, like basically Paul saying pray all the time. Yeah. And there's other places in scripture where Paul's saying that. Mm -hmm. So I think what I love about this is that those two scriptures can be preached standalone with the support of other texts in scripture that back the idea. Mm -hmm. But if you are in a uh, community where you know, these issues are happening. Mm-hmm. This can be used exactly for what you just said. Yeah. And that, I think, that's why I love the scripture. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. I mean, I think that's what I feel like a lot of churches, no matter how big or how small your church is, there's always going to be people that, I mean, people just never, we can never get along. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's always different ideas, different the- theologies that you want to have, different ways that you think the church should be operating, different ways that you think everything, you just can't make anyone happy. But I do love that whole understanding behind it and just trying to get everything. I even like 
the because as you were talking, I just finished out the rest of uh, at least that section mm-hmm. going through verse nine, and it, you know Paul's even talking about just like he says in my version, you just fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable, thinking about these things excellent and worthy of praise. And mm-hmm. then he says at the end, then the God of peace will be with you. And I think that's something else that could really go apply there too. And mm-hmm. it's just another challenge for us, and especially if we're in argumentations with people. Like if we're just continuously putting our mindset and just trying to think righteous and think honorable and think just what God wants us to think, mm-hmm. I, I feel like that's going to help alleviate a lot of these problems because we're no longer filling our mind with a bunch of stupid stuff that's just going to bring us anxiety or distractions, but rather just continuously to fill our mind with peace because we're focusing on the honorable and the righteous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think there's probably a lot of people listening that are like, you know, but, you know, we, I, you know, I'm having this issue with this person. We go to the same church, right? We do rejoice mm-hmm. in the Lord every Sunday, you yeah. know, we, we do these things, but mm-hmm. yet there's still like these issues between us. Um, and so how do we, how do you resolve that? You know, because when you read, when you read what Paul's saying, like, okay, I'm doing these things. But yet, I'm still having issues with this person. I think I know my answer, which I'll share if none of y'all have a thought. Uh, but I think ahead. if you're actually doing these, you won't have an issue. Okay, that's pretty much my answer too. Like, because <laughs> I mean, from even what <laughs> you like said, you may like, th- you may think you're rejoicing in the Lord. Yeah, but rejoicing but the Lord, you're really not always. Yeah. So when that guy cuts you off in traffic, it's not mm. you're a moron. What are you doing? It's very Jesus, PG. you're amazing. Hey, Very thanks. PG right there. Well, I yeah. don't have road rage. So it's just like, thanks, God. Either. You're doing great. And it's just, if that's your first go-to, is not, I'm going to get mad, it's, I'm going to praise God. Yeah. You're going to see such a big difference in your life. And I am definitely talking to myself, because there's a lot of times where I get mad on things, and I'm upset, and then I have to stop, and I'm like, why am I mad? Yeah. Was I actually mad because I wanted that? Or was that something I wasn't supposed to have and now I'm just have to get over it? Which is why verse 8 and 9 are great because it literally gives you a list of things that you should be aiming towards. Yeah. So if you're ever in a situation or you're doing something and you're like, you know what? Is it true, noble, like just, pure, lovely, praiseworthy? Like, great. If it isn't, you should probably decide if you want to continue doing that or not. Yeah. Because if it's not and it leads towards pain, you really don't have anyone to blame but yourself. Right. So, I mean, that's something that I've ended up in numerous times. Then I'm just kind of like at the start of it, if I start to feel off, I'm like, hey, is it knocking off this checklist? And if it isn't, I need to reevaluate if I really want to go down this path. So, I mean, I think if you're actually rejoicing, praying and being gentle and I think being gentle is the key point because you can rejoice and you can pray but if you're still a prick to the person who's making you upset right yeah yeah you're still gonna have issues because you're not being gentle towards them Mm. yeah like that's a that's a key part yeah i tell people all the time if somebody upsets you or whatever to uh pray blessing over them Mm -hmm. because it is it's it's just it, it is it's impossible to be mad at somebody if you're constantly praying for the lord to bless them yeah yeah 
Like, and if you somehow manage to stay mad at somebody while you're t- asking the Lord to bless them, like you need to go to therapy. You're not actually you're not actually praying blessing. Over like, <laughs> like you got you got issues. Um, Words don't match your heart. Yeah, that's really good. Thank you. I tweet it. I wasn't talking about yours. You can tweet that. I was talking about Lucy's scripture. Yeah. Um. So we're about halfway through these uh these beverages. What are we thinking? Y'all are only half. You need to drink slower. <laughs> From the man that said these aren't good. I'll say you I'm have trying three to drink drinks it as fast as I can, getting them down. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm just enjoying it. It's still cold. You know. Okay. I I've been tasting like. The aftertaste of it reminds me of like a root beer. I think it's the cream part of it. You think? I, I that's what I taste like. You know that? Uh, yeah, I agree with you. Root beer? I don't know. Like I just have like that it has that, that van- it has I that vanilla e sweetness. It has like that, a root beer. Yeah, I know. I can't describe it, but it's an aftertaste. I can taste it. Okay, kind of. I don't know if why. If I'm thinking about it, yes. Yeah. For me, it's like real quick. It's mm-hmm. like, oh yeah, that kind of tastes like root beer, and then it's gone. And then it's back to blueberry yeah. for me. Yeah, like, I don't know. That's just every. I started think drinking. And I'm like, hmm, that's interesting. Yeah, well, I am a fan of this though. It is uh, delicious. Hey, while we're uh, talking about sodas, uh, we ask all of you to go out and support the podcast. As you know, we have not told a single ad, and I want to keep it that way. So. Uh, go out, support the podcast uh, at the website, anchor.fm <laughs> slash uh, craft theology slash support. And you can give monthly, uh, either a dollar or five dollars or ten dollars. Uh, but anything that you can do to help us continue to produce uh, this podcast and keep doing what we love doing is greatly appreciated. So that was kind of my mid-roll read. I know, a great job. Uh, that was out of nowhere. For Speaking of soda... I painted my office. <laughs> uh, for, we don't want to have ads, so I gave you an ad to not have ads. Um, but seriously, go support the podcast. It'll be a lot helpful, and it'll keep us from giving you 20 ads at the beginning of the I episode. I would love to read an ad. Um, Do you want to go for it? Read us an ad. I don't have anybody. To Give us an ad for Reading Draft. All right, you want an ad for Reading Draft? Yeah. Reading Draft. Well, he said Reading. I'm, I'm going with Reading. Are you hot? Are you tired of the mid-August weather? Are you just desperate for something to quench your thirst? Well, look no further, because Reading or Reading Draft has the beverage for you. The Blackberry Cream Soda that has been delivered is a premium reserve soda is now available in a store near you. Let me tell you about this soda. It is a beautiful cream cherry that whenever you drink it down, it has a nice back aftertaste <coughs> of a root beer. So if you are a black cherry enthusiast, if you are a cream soda enthusiast, or if you just like a good root beer aftertaste, then look no further because the Reading or Reading Draft Blackberry Cream Soda is for you. How okay, many everything, are in this? <laughs> everything was great until you like called it a a. a a cherry cream and then a black, black cherry. cherry cream. Yeah, I kind of then a black <laughs> berry cream. I couldn't. I couldn't figure out which one it was. You were it's staring at the bottle. <laughs> I know. <laughs> For some reason, I read black cherry, and then I was like, "Nope, that's blackberry." Because I just associate with. I don't think I've ever had a black. I don't even know if I've ever had a blackberry 
before. You ever had a blackberry? Black I don't think I ever there have. There is a blackberry and bergamot. I got some at the house. Craft soda, and I'm gonna have to try to find. No, it. I, I just, don't have any at the house. I've just never. I don't think I've ever had like. I have had, blueberries. I know and what they are, but I've never even seen a blackberry soda either. Oh, I love blackberries. So. That yeah, also I don't when think, I, I don't th- when I associate when I see black, I, I just automatically was thinking like black cherry soda because that's what that's what you typically. I yes. bought the black cherry dipped in wax, too. Oh, hmm. Okay. Yeah, I didn't. Not for this. I just bought it because I wanted to taste it. Gotcha. Well, so that's my uh, the mid the mid roll read right there. Mid roll reads. All right. I want to. That's enough that. of that. That was fun. That was a good little brain break. I had a great time. Um. Yeah, let's move on. So, my uh my scripture is in the book of Mark, and we're gonna be in Mark eleven. So I'm kind of gonna read Mark my words. <laughs> I'm gonna read a lot and then I e- wish Mark explain a lot. Um, Mark didn't write the book. I wish Mark would have told whoever wrote the book to say that. Well, actually, no, I take that back. Wait, Mark didn't write Mark. Mark wrote the book. But it's not Mark's words. Mark was they're just Jesus's words. Mark was just the scribe. That's why they're all red. Mark was the scribe. Wow, he really took credit for that. Yeah, most pe- most people think that Peter was actually the author of Mark, hmm. and Mark just wrote it down for Peter. Was Peter illiterate? Um, I don't know. Okay. Probably he was a fisherman. Hmm. They're pretty uneducated. Although he did write three other books. Peter did. Yeah, first, second, third, Peter. Well, that makes sense, I guess. Um, thought it was a different Peter. I don't think so. Oh, well. Yeah, I don't think so. I think the only one, I don't know. I think the only one that's different is James. James is not the, apo- is not the Apostle James. Hmm. It's the brother of Jesus, James. Oh, I knew that. Yeah, but I think that's the only, like, named disciple that's not like the disciple that wrote it hmm. is James. And Mark was never a disciple or apostle. Oh, true. Only, Matthew, always, only Matthew, Luke, and John were. They're just so interesting to think about whenever you read that. Which is which is why people say that Peter actually said it and Mark wrote it down because that would make sense. For, maybe, maybe Mark was that obsessive fan. That would make sense for it to be a part of the gospel. I mean, you don't know. Were you there? I wasn't. Exactly. I just... Oh, I was. Read some books hmm. and regurgitate what books say. Do they know? They know a lot more than I do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think of somebody random that would write it, but I'm out of, I'm out of ideas. Okay. So we're in Mark 11. We're going to start in verse 12. I'm going to read a lot, oh and then I'll boy. kind of... I'll connect the dots. This is, this is real fun to me. Um... So, I'm a little congested. Do we have tissues in here? No. Oh, dolly. Um, Better power through. Yeah, but it, like, hurts to breathe. Or, or like, almost hurts to talk. Do you want a quick run? Because I can't breathe through my nose. Yeah, I might do that. All right, cool. All right, I'll be back in just a second. Good job. Y'all keep talking so there's no dead space on the air. <laughs> All right. Well, let's give another ad. <laughs> For what? <laughs> I don't know. Let's see. Well, we just have to find. Is this time. white tea? I thought you said they didn't sell white tea anymore. Um, I don't. It, it's a 
strawberry refresher. Outside. Yeah, it's a strawberry refresher. Got it. We'll do. Uh, what's a good ad here? Let's see. Uh, Look at Yokohama tires. Uh, no, those aren't really good tires. Those aren't the sponsor anymore either. Are they not good tires? I don't know. So I wouldn't accept a sponsor from a bad. If they pay, thing. if they pay enough, well, nope. no, because if you're I, a crappy organization, I don't want to have to lie to people and say you're good. See, I get that. I, yeah, that's no. what I was about to say. If you give Where me enough your, money, like integrity, screw integrity. When you get millions and millions, no, my integrity if, is. If I'll, a crappy product wants to give me a million dollars to promote themselves, I'm sure a better company. Would is going to give you me. like five grand. Okay, cool. Or say, we, you can buy it, and then if you want to give us a shout out, you can, but we won't do anything. I mean, I think if you're getting a lot of money from a bad corporation, a good corporation will give you something. So, so with that, with that we're that looking sounds, for sponsorships. So if I was gonna say, anybody <laughs> out there would like to sponsor the podcast, send us your like information in an email. And any sponsor that. No, me not and any sponsor. I will not allow bad products I was to be say, sponsored. Me so and Elliot might just be reading a bunch of random yeah. sponsors. Lucy will actually be reading the ones that are probably good. That's right. <laughs> so if I'm reading it, it's great. Okay, we're then in Mark 11. they're buy you out. You're going to sell out. Mark no, they're not. Mark 11. I have phenomenal integrity. Mark 11. Mark Let's 11. Too many side tangents Bro, going on. Bro, you left. You left. You literally you left. You told us to talk. Okay. You can't do that. Mark 11. Starting in verse 12. Mark my words. You can't make the same joke <laughs> twice. <laughs> Mark my words, you bet I will. No, that's the same meaning. Three times. Okay, right. Mark 11, verse 12. On the next day, when they had left Bethany, he came. He, he became hungry. Seeing at a distance a fig tree and leaf, he went to see if perhaps he would find anything on it. And when he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for it was not the season for figs. He said to it, May no one ever eat fruit from you again. And his disciples were listening. Then they came to Jerusalem, verse 15, and he entered the temple and began to drive out those who were buying and selling in the temple and overturned the tables and money changers and the seats of those who were selling doves. And he would not permit anyone to carry merchandise through the temple. And he began to teach and say to them, Is it not written, My house shall be called a house of prayer? For all the nations, but you have made it a robber's den. The chief priests and the scribes heard this and began seeking how to destroy him, for they were afraid of him, for the whole crowd was astonished at his teaching. When evening came, they would go out of the city. As they were passing by in the morning and saw the fig tree withered from the roots up, being reminded, Peter said to him, Rabbi, Look, the fig tree which you cursed has withered. And Jesus answered, saying to them, Have faith in God. Truly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, Be taken up and cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says is going to happen, it will be granted him. Therefore I say to you, all things for which you pray and ask, believe that you have received them, and they will be granted to you. So I'll stop there. It's verse 12 through 24. Here is what I love about this passage. A couple things. One, I think um, each each subsection can be preached kind of in its own message for its own thing. So you kind of have the story of a fig tree. 
which is there, and it's alive. The fig tree's not dead. And the thing with fig trees is um, the Bible says, you know, the Bible says it's not the season for figs. So there's leaves on it. It's a live tree. There's just no figs on it. So he curses it. Right? There's no fruit on the tree. That's important for for future what I'm going to say. There's no fruit on the tree, so he curses it. And then they see the fig tree that's withered. And God says, you know, have faith. Truly I say, whoever says this mountain be taken, cast in the sea, does not doubt in his heart, believes what he says, yada yada, will be granted to him. So, we kind of have this story of a fig tree that can be a standalone story. Sandwiched in between that, we have this story of Jesus going and really kind of cursing the temple. Right? Because he goes in there and there's all these people that are exchanging money and they're buying and selling animals for sacrificial purposes, and they are, he calls it a den of robbers, because what's happening is, these people are coming from out of town, basically, to buy and sell, uh, or to, to make their sacrifice. Mm-hmm. And so when these people get there, they only have, like, the money that they use in their city. Or their mm-hmm. town. And so they get there. And let's say they have, I don't know, three pennies. Right? We'll try to make this analogy so that everybody can understand it. So they have three pennies. And that three pennies, let's say, could buy them a goat. But when they go to buy the goat, the person who's selling a goat does not accept pennies. Mm-hmm. So they have to go to this other guy who is at the temple and he is exchanging those pennies for um, nickels. This is a bad analogy because nickels cost more than pennies, but just go with it. So, but while he's exchanging those three pennies for three nickels, the guy takes two of the nickels as his payment. So now when the guy goes to buy a goat, he needs three nickels, but he only has one because of the money exchanger who stole money from him. Mm-hmm. So that's why this, uh, this temple has become a den of robbers. It's because these people are robbing money, right? And so then Jesus drives everyone out, and he really curses the temple, so, and that alone can kind of be its own standalone message about how, you know, the church is a place of worship and it's not a place to do deceitful and hurtful things. <coughs> Excuse me. But here's what I love about this, the way Mark has it written. Because in the other Gospels, right, these two stories aren't, aren't next to each other. And so, and and I think that's purposeful, right? I don't think this story's in John at all. And in uh, Matthew, Matthew is a very topical author. So he's going to basically have a topic and write everything underneath it, and then have another topic and write everything underneath it. Um, That's why I like the Sermon on the Mount that we see in Matthew 3, 4, and 5 or whatever. 
four, five, and six yep. is so long. Mm-hmm. But none of that was like one sitting. Yeah. It wasn't like Jesus sat down on a mountain and gave all of these rules. That would have happened over a very long period of time. And M- Matthew just put them all right there. So in Mark, I think this is very uh, beautiful the way Mark writes it. So I wish you could see the whiteboard that I have in the air in front of me. Is you have a fig tree, right? And you have a temple. Okay? And we're, we're, I'm, about to, I'm about to make a pattern. So try to follow along. You have a fig tree. You have a temple. Jesus curses the fig tree. Then we see Jesus curse the temple. Mm-hmm. Okay? When we go after the temple, we come back to the fig tree. And the fig tree is what? Withered. It's dead. Yes. Yeah, it's we'll just dead. we'll just go with dead. Okay. Okay. So non-existent. Cur- we have fig tree temple, dead. cursed fig tree, cursed temple, dead fig tree. What comes next? Dead temple. Dead temple. Now, that's not actually said. That'd be a cool band name in the text. Dead temple. Yeah. Be a cool like Christian rock band. Um, that's not some. Maybe I don't know. They might get some. <laughs> say, I don't know if that's. <laughs> I don't think it'd be Christian, but it'd be <laughs> yeah. a cool band name. Um. But it doesn't say in in the scripture that the temple dies. But what we do see is Jesus tells his disciples um, that have faith in God. Verse 23, truly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be taken up and cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says is going to happen, it will be granted to him. So in Jerusalem, a temple right typically sits in the highest part of the city and it's called the temple mount Mm -hmm. because the temple is on a mountain basically so when jesus is saying you can say to this mountain be cast into the sea and it'll be gone for forever i think what jesus is talking about is the temple mount Hmm. so we have fig tree temple Cursed fig tree, cursed temple, dead fig tree, and now we have a dead temple. Because we're, we're one, right, we're really close to the end of Jesus' life, according to, to the book of Mark. And so the temple is no longer necessary. The temple is no longer needed, right, because Jesus is going to die and be resurrected, and the temple is going to be no more. The temple simply being this place for animal sacrifice yeah. to occur. They no longer need that because Jesus is going to be the ultimate sacrifice. So, uh, and then also, right, the temple kind of dies when the veil tears um, and the Holy of Holies is opened up. So now there's really no point for a temple. So I think Jesus in this kind of this sandwiched story in this pattern that, you know, is made, we see uh, this comparison between a fig tree and the temple not necessarily like like i said before i think the two stories can can be preached separately mm-hmm. but i really think there is more uh comparison there between the fig tree and the temple um more than it is uh two standalone stories that just happen to be right next to each other or happen to coincide at the same time so 
I think that's really cool, and I think that that's something that is kind of missed uh, just in reading mm-hmm. the text. I don't I don't think that connection's made um, very often, but I think it's a very profound message that just as we see this fig tree live, get cursed, and die, we see the temple live, get cursed, and die because there's no need for it anymore. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So, that's my spiel. Man. <laughs> that was a lot. I know. I know. <laughs> no, yeah, it's good. It, it might be a lot to digest for people listening. They're probably reading their Bibles, <laughs> trying to, scratching their heads, trying to figure out what's going on. But, that's it. Y'all got anything? No, I just, I mean, kind of. Like, I just love that idea, or just really that, uh, the whole comparison of the two, because I think it really is very interesting in the way you think about it, and I think for us today, I think that really helps with, you know, a lot of things, especially with the understanding of the, seeing the fig tree, and then seeing the temple, then going and looking at those two together, because what I really like about this whole passage and the story in itself, and I like how you even touched on it, like, often I've heard this preach where you do hear one or the other. And to me, it's so fascinating when you put the two together and actually preach it together. Yeah. Because I think that uh, that shows just not only a really good teaching and insight in what the Bible is talking to us about, but it's also a very powerful message in of itself. It's yeah. showing, a, a literally it is showing a, a death and this, resurrection almost type setting and, and I think that's something just even for all of us to, that are listening and hearing it, it it's more so it is encouraging in a way that we yeah. can find we can see this death of something this cleansing and then this reestablishment yeah this I, so I really like that with especially looking at it through the, the eyes of the temple so Mark actually does the same thing um, I'm trying to find it in the scriptures as we speak, which is why I'm just randomly talking. Um, they like a pirate, how they drink their rum. How many pirates do you know? None. I just watched, I, I actually watched uh, Pirates of the Caribbean not too long ago, or Caribbean, depending on where, how you like to say it. But Mark does the same thing with the woman in the issue of blood. Mm-hmm. Um, for some reason, I just I cannot find it. I'm trying too hard, I'm sure, because I just went through all of Mark and couldn't find it. But Mark does the same thing in that story, where there's a bigger story happening, and then there's an interruption that occurs in the middle of it. And we either get... You typically preachers only preach the interruption, mm-hmm. which is the woman Jesus heals, mm-hmm. or they preach um, that uh, I believe that that's Jairus. Jairus's daughter gets healed, right? Like, because mm-hmm. because Jairus goes to Jesus, and then Jesus gets interrupted by the woman on the issue of blood while he's on his way to Jairus's house, and then Jesus yeah. gets to Jairus's house and and heals Jairus's daughter. So. Uh, Mark does the same thing there, and we won't go into that one 
um, today. But he does the same thing there where there's this bigger story and then there's this interruption that occurs. But really, when you put the two together, to me, it makes a much more beautiful story than them being separated um, from one another. Hmm. So. That's th- interesting. Yeah. Lucy, did you find it? I'm looking for it. Um, are you sure it's in Mark? I, I could have swore it was. It's it's not. I thought that was in a different book. I thought that was in Matthew. Mark 5. Mark 5? Yep. How did I miss it? Mark 5, 25 through 34. Twenty five? Yep. Oh, because there's not a heading in yeah, my yeah, Bible. Yeah, there's That's not a why heading. I did not. It's when the girl was restored to life. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so actually the way my Bible has it um is actually the whole story. The whole the whole Jairus, the interruption, and then um mm-hmm. Jairus's daughter being healed is all under one heading. So is mine. Um, it's Mark five twenty one through the end of the chapter yeah. thirty forty three. Yeah, I almost said thirty four. Um, but yeah, if you go and you read that, you see kind of the same comparison that um, there's a lot there that is. What's the word? Parallel. Parallels. Thank you. There's a lot of parallels. Um, and it's really beautiful. And I think Mark does that a ton. Mm-hmm. That's why I love the book of Mark. But. Um, you can find a lot of different things like this, all, all the ones we've talked about. You know, we just picked out kind of our top three, um, but there's various others that are out there that people read, and, uh, what was that? This. I don't know what that is. You know exactly. Oh, the, the triangle. Yeah, and that's exactly what we did. Uh, yeah, we really did, actually. <laughs> um. It amazes me that we do that without being intentional huh. yeah the triangle we'll explain the triangle on another podcast um hmm. it's a great way to to do ministry that we've kind of uh yeah. thought of and put together and touche. anyways touche and we accidentally do it all the time uh, I, well it's not an accident like it's just who we are as people yeah like fair. it's just it just happens it's not like i don't know it's not like we plan it or we don't it just it it's is unintentional what it is. beauty yeah that was but. so poetic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that was it. Uh, if you have any thoughts or questions about the episode, you can email us. Uh, again, it's crafttheologypodcast at gmail.com. Um, if you find other passages of Scripture that you think are strange or not preached or taught correctly and you kind of want us to Ooh. go through them and review them. I'd I'm, love that. Yeah, I'm mm-hmm. fine with that. Uh, you can email those to us Don't hold as back. well. Yeah, we've gotten some of your requests already, and we're going to go through some of those. Yeah, we're working on those episodes now. Um, y'all ask for some specific, specific very topics. Like Pacific Ocean. Which which specific. are great, uh, and they're fun to do, but um, they're a little more difficult be just because they are so specific. Some we of gotta, the stuff we've we covered. Very yeah, Pacific Ocean. Some of the stuff we've we've done so far has been kind of very open-ended. Um, just good conversation, but some of the stuff y'all have requested, we're, we're doing our research. So those episodes will be coming out. Um, so yeah, do we have anything else? Do you oh. want me to do a live read? We gotta no finish these. Oh yeah, we gotta rate our sodas and. Am I the only one off. that finished? I'm almost done. 
I don't think you liked it at all, Elliot. No, I really do. Well, he me says and he Lu- does. Me and Lucy already. I'm savoring it. What's wrong with savoring the moment? Because then it's going to be warm. But because it's we not, but can it's go not. to any store and go buy them. Any store? I mean. They got these at Walmart? No. Well, can't go to any store then. So sorry. It's one specific chain all over the I U.S. I feel like you could probably find these at Sears. At Sears? Wouldn't surprise Sears me Sears and bit. Roebuck. Why not? Isn't Sears dead? Like Sears ah. is online only. Is it really? I'm pretty sure. Well, you can probably find it at Sears online. Sears is never going to die. Sears is just, you always think it's dead, and then you see it, and you're like, oh, there's a Sears. I think the only Sears stores that are like still open are like appliance stores. I know, yes. Well. I know of one Sears in my brother's town, and it's this tiny little town, like population 500, and it is a standalone Sears. Yet again. And it's just lawnmowers and washing machines. Exactly. Like a thousand square foot little tiny building. Sears. Sears still lives. All right. Let's rate these. All right. I'm almost done. Really is good. I don't know why. Me having leftover is a compliment. Because I'm savoring it that much. All right. I'm going to say seven. Oh, she really liked it. I did. Go ahead, Xander. He's going to say five. No, because I do. This one's interesting because this is actually a really good beverage. It is really good. I think it's probably the. I'm trying to think of what I gave the uh, Smuggler's Run. I think I gave it a seven, and this is better than Smuggler's Run. So I think I'm gonna have to give. I think seven point five. Wow. I was flirting with the eight in my mind, but the thing that held me back from an eight was. Could I would I go out and if I saw this would I go I'm gonna buy it because it's that good and I don't think I would go to the store or out of my way just to pick this up again. Oh, I think I would. I don't think I would. And that's I why. Gave I, it a seven. That's why I reflected a seven point five. I don't know. Like I think because to me a migrating scale from eight above that's when if I saw it I would go p- like ten is if I see it anywhere I'm buying it. Eight is I would go out and get it. Seven and anything past that. Like to me, seven point five is the highest I will give without saying like holy so holy cow. To me, I probably wouldn't go out to buy this. But if I just happened to be in the vicinity where these were located, I would definitely pick some up. Hmm. I think that's what I would do. Right. See, even if that's, I wouldn't even, I, I wouldn't. But there's also. That's where I keep it at a If 7.5. I was at a bottled soda, like specifically, and there was so many flavors, there are flavors I'd choose before that. But that definitely would be in the running. Well, I gave it a higher score than you. I know. I don't think I will ever rate one of these a 10. No. I don't have think to. I, no, tens I don't are, think I could. Tens are unachievable. Oh, it's very achievable. I'll it's get not. all the way to a 9.8. That's so, st- yeah, that's so stupid. I will not do points. <coughs> but we're not getting to a 10. I don't so think I'd dumb. ever hit a 10. That's so dumb. I, uh, if we hit a 10, or if I, gave, if, I gave any, yeah, if I gave anything a 10, it has to be the perfect beverage for me. So I could see Lucy giving something a 10, but we probably wouldn't give it 10s. Just because it might be her perfect beverage. That's fair. Because my favorite drink, I didn't pick it up. My favorite drink is Sioux City Prickly Pear. I already gave it a three just here. It. It's my <laughs> favorite drink. Uh, I think on the uh, 
Reading Draft Blackberry Cream, handcrafted since 1921, premium reserve beverage, bottled in Reading, Pennsylvania. Reading. I am going to give it... I'm going to give it a 7. For as highly rated as that you guys made this out to be, I ended up giving it the highest score. Both of you should be ashamed of yourselves. I'm going to give it a 7. I gave my wow. I gave my reservations in the beginning of the episode as to why. I'm I think so confused. So Y'all, I felt like I was being here's, crucified. Okay, here's why right. higher than craft you. rating 7. Here's why wow. I think why. You really like cream sodas. This is a creamy beverage. I'm not I'm not the biggest fan of the cream soda. Yeah, but y'all love So there this. was there y'all was were all over it. There's too much cream in it. I do me. really like it. Like if this bottle was a person, both of y'all would be trying to date it. I don't no. know about marry no. it, but y'all Hard would pass. most definitely try to flirt and see if you could take it out in a couple days. Hard pass. Mm-hmm. Um Can I tell you my biggest flaw with the drink? Tastes like root beer? No. Oh. It's too dark. I I don't know why. But I automatically dislike sodas that are darker in color. I just always have. It's this thing in my mind. My mom taught me when I was a kid. Dark colored sodas have more chemicals in them. So it's why I normally drink light colored soda. But it's blackberries. I'm aware. So do you not like darker fruits either? I mean, no, I love dark fruit because that's natural. No. Blackberries. Yeah, there wasn't blackberries on the ingredients. There was apple juice. If you read the ingredients. It's a blackberry cream and there's no blackberries? Nope. Apple juice. See, it's that. It's the red 40 yeah. and blue one. Artificial flavor. Like. That's the blackberry. Yeah, artificial. <laughs> no, I don't know. Anything that has like yellow, I think it's yellow two, blue three, blue one, red 40, like I normally don't drink. I just judge it on the way it tastes. Same. Maybe you need to start pouring yours in a cup before so you don't know how dark it is because it's an un- if it was if it was a clear beverage what would you have rated it? I would have given it a higher score. Like how much higher? Probably like would have given it an 8. Wow. Wow. That sucks. Just because then it tastes that good and it's clear? It doesn't have the red 40 and the blue one in it. Exactly. It just yeah. automatically makes it better. Cool. Well, this was a fun episode. Uh hope people Got something from it, um, at least learned a little bit or maybe was challenged in how they read scripture. And hopefully they'll go out and they'll start reading scripture for themselves and start trying to understand it for themselves um, because that's what we have it for. And that's the beauty of them being so readily available and people being able to read. Um, Do we have anything else before we get off? Um, Stay crafty. Xander? I feel like I have been <laughs> robbed. Why are you so mad? Because I felt like I was crucified mm-hmm. and yelled at okay. for giving 7.5, and yet I was the highest on this. All right, everybody, and with that, I don't understand. Uh, while this Xander's is complaining, for me. Uh, this is ridiculous. How is it we'll be back in a week. This is so absurd. Stay tuned for don't new episodes coming mic. out.